Dr. Mark Joe on today's Moody Presents. There will be many false teachings and misguided leaders that will lead many people astray spiritually. So be on guard. As we progress in time, it should not surprise us that things will get worse. We live in a dangerous and deceptive world. There are false teachers almost everywhere who can subtly and almost imperceptibly veer you off course. Well, with that sober warning, we welcome you to Moody Presents with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and founding pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm John Geiger, if we haven't met, and our Bible study is designed to help us stay on target with God. And we continue today with important words from the book of 2 Peter. You know, many times along our spiritual journey, subtle things come alongside us, and before long, we start struggling with our faith, with our belief. It's possible that we've been deceived. We don't know the fake from the real thing. Here now is Pastor Mark Job with today's Moody Presents message from 2 Peter chapter 2, a warning to be on guard. All right, you know, sometimes we live in a world that can be dangerous. Boy, all you have to do is turn on the news and you're reminded of how dangerous the world can be at times. In fact, I've just, my, t- my stomach is turned inside out. That life is but a vapor, is here a moment, it's gone the next. And no matter how dangerous it may seem physically, I believe that the perils and the dangers in the spiritual world are just as vibrant and just as real as the physical world. Uh, Because we live in a spiritual world that's also dangerous. I was, went to Mozambique for the first time, Africa for the first time, a couple of years ago. And as I looked on the internet, just kind of understanding a little bit more about the country, one of the things that caught my attention was the fact that it stated a warning And it said that because of the civil war that had happened a few years back, that there were mines, not gold mines or diamond mines, but explosive mines that were buried off of some of the roads that were put there during the civil war, and many people had lost their legs and limbs because of that, because these mines are unearthed. So it was giving a caution to stay on the main roads and not get off to the little side country roads because it could be dangerous. And I thought to myself, wow, I really want to stay on the main roads. You know, I pull out the Google map. I want to stay on the main, main roads. I don't want to get on the side roads because side roads can be dangerous. In the spiritual world, it's kind of the same way. We need to make sure that we're staying on the main road with God because the side roads, the little roads that lead us off the road sometimes can be mortal to our spiritual life. And so we need to make sure that we determine in our life, God, keep me on track because there's minds in the spiritual world that also can cause me to lose my life. And 2 Peter is really a warning about that. I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 2. We're going to begin reading in verse 1 of 2 Peter chapter 2. Peter is talking to them about all the dangers that exist in the spiritual world. And he's reminding them that there are forces that can lead us astray. 
In fact, this is not a great thought to think about, but it, it's a very true thought. A year from now, two years from now, if we were to look over this auditorium, some people that are currently here today will be missing a year from now, not because they died, not because they moved away, but some will be missing because they fall away. History shows us, and my, my experience tells me, that there are people that because of different forces in their life, either they become so discouraged that they bail out, or they become distracted by other things that they think are more important in their spiritual life, or they get caught up in a web of compulsive, addictive behaviors that sends them away, or they get caught up into some kind of wrong uh, thinking or teaching that causes them to fall away, but the truth is that every day there are forces that are pulling at your soul to try to rip you away from your relationship with God. Do you feel those forces at times? I mean, every single one of us has temptations, thoughts, emotions, discouragement, spiritual battles around us that are literally trying to take us from our walk from, with God. And some of those forces will succeed in some people's lives. And so therefore, we as believers, as followers of the way, need to make sure that we are on guard, that we are prepared, that we're watching carefully our spiritual walk, or we also can become a casualty of those that fall away. And Peter is speaking to believers, and he's saying, I want you to be careful. I want you to watch out, because some of you could become victims to spiritual two-bow. And beginning in, ver in chapter 2, verse 1, he warns them, first of all, about false teachers. He says, but there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. He's talking about the past and says there were false prophets in the past. A prophet is someone that claims to speak for God, the words of God. He says, some, some of the people that claim to speak for God are false. They're not on target. What they're speaking is not God's word. And just as there have been false prophets in the past, he says, there will also be false teachers in the future and among you, and they will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even the denying the sovereign Lord who bought, bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed... These teachers will exploit you with stories they have made up. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. If you're taking notes this morning, write this down. There will be many false teachings and misguided leaders that will lead many people astray spiritually. So, be on guard. What Peter's telling them is that in the latter days, as we progress in time, it should not surprise us that things will get worse. In fact, Scripture talks about that, that in the latter times, things will get worse. Violence will increase. False teachings will increase. Uh, people's hearts will grow colder. We'll see darkness in more augmented forms. Uh, we'll see things that we never thought would happen in our generation, we'll see things getting worse and worse morally, spiritually, in a lot of different ways. 
And Peter is saying, don't be surprised by this because prophecies predict that closer to the coming of Christ, closer to the end of, of times, that things will get worse. However, having said that, there will also be pockets of incredible light. The darker it gets, the lighter the light shines. And so although darkness will increase, so will the light of God. And we'll live in a season where things will be very interesting because things will seem to get worse morally, but there'll also be really pockets of truth that will shine. We'll see a lot of people come to God, a lot of turnaround happening, but he warns us that as, as time progresses, things will get increasingly tougher even for believers. And one of the things that will happen is that false teaching will increase. In fact, he's not the only one that predicted it. Jesus, for example, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 11, says at that time, speaking of the end, end times, at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Uh, I have people ask me all the time, Pastor Mark, uh, how close are we to the end time? Well, I have no idea. In fact, I don't think we, I'm supposed to predict that at all uh, because all I know is this, we're closer than we have ever been before. Hello? Uh, we've progressed more in time. We're closer than we've ever been before to the coming of Jesus Christ and to the prophetic things that will happen in the end time days. Now, I don't think we need to worry about the year, the time, the date. In fact, the Bible says that if anybody comes to you and says, hey, the world is going to end in this day, this year, or Jesus is coming back on this day, this year. Be assured of this. They are a false prophet. No one knows the time. No one knows the day. No one knows the exact timing. Anybody that tries to predict that is way off target. So don't be selling your property and, and moving to Montana and hunkering down in some bombshell with bottles of water and a generator and a lot of Red Bull somewhere over there to keep you going. No, don't worry about that. You just live out your life for Christ. Some people are alarmist and they're always afraid of the incoming and things happening. And I'm saying, I'm not moving anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. I have no stockpiles of water in my basement. I have no a uh, thousand cans of Campbell's soup in my uh, closet at home. I'm not worried about that. Uh, the best way to prepare for the future is to live for God in the present. Amen? So make sure you're living for God. I like that. The best way to live for God in the future is to live for Him in the present. A good reminder from Mark Job on this edition of Moody Presents. Hey, thanks for listening today. And uh, we hesitate to interrupt the message, but we get so many questions about how can you hear the teaching again? And of course, the answer is found at moodypresents.org. That's where you can hear all of our messages online anytime. Yep, every single message in our current series, Bullseye Living, Staying on Target with God. And of course, our other messages are also waiting for you as well at moodypresents.org. That's moodypresents.org. Now, back to Pastor Mark. But you need to be on guard spiritually. It tells us here, also, Jesus said in Mark chapter 13, verse 22 through 23, for false Christs and false prophets will appear, and some of them will actually perform signs and miracles to deceive the elect. Notice, 
These are convinced followers of Christ. If that were possible, so be on guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. So Peter is warning them that in the end days there will be teaching that will be false, that will lead people astray. Now, the good news and the bad news. When we talk about false teaching, it's, I'm not frightened of the obvious wackos that are out there teaching crazy things, because they're obvious, right? Some guy dressing in white robes with his hair all over the place and glazed eyes saying, I'm the Christ, come and follow me. I said, right, buddy. You know, you just got out of prison, got off sheet, wrapped yourself around, said, you're the Christ. You're just a wacko that needs a little medication probably or a few demons cast out. So no one's going to fall for that because, hey, it's pretty obvious where you're coming from. And that's not the kind of thing we're worried about, right? But it's the more subtle deceptions that we're worried about. For example, if you were to exit this building after service and you were to go down to a, a, a corner grocery store and you were to buy something and the cashier gives you some change, what if they handed you a $10 Monopoly bill? You say, well, I gave you a 20, why are you giving me that? Well, here's 10 bucks. You're gonna look at them and say, this is fake money. I mean, it's Monopoly money. What color is the $10 one? Someone said yellow, right? Okay, so they hand you a yellow Monopoly thin small bill and say, here, here's 10 bucks. You're going to say, what, do I look dumb or something? I mean, of course I know this isn't $10. It's not even green. It's yellow. It doesn't have the right president on the face. I'm not going to fall for this. It's obviously you're trying to trick me. I'm not worried about that because we can easily tell the difference. But if, on the other hand, you were to go to a store and someone were to hand you a $10 bill, yet it is close to the real thing, only an expert upon careful examination, putting it to the light, checking the numbers, and the intricate details can tell that it's a fake $10 bill. I'm more worried about that kind of deception. And in fact, that's what Peter warns these people about. He says, false teachers will arise among you. And he says, and they will secretly introduce destructive heresies. Uh, that word secretly, uh, that is listed right there, if you look at the Greek word for secretly, it's the word parasigo. Now it starts with the word para. Para means something that travels alongside. Uh, these destructive false teachings travel close alongside of Christianity and introduce themselves uh, secretly, subtly into the teachings of Christianity. But, but they introduce themselves secretly, but they're not subtle lies. They lead to mega heresies. And, and so Peter is saying you need to be careful because sometimes things that look like Christianity will travel alongside, they will introduce themselves subtly. We won't even really know. It seems like a small variation, but it leads to a major heresy. You need to be careful about those things because those little small deviations from Christianity can lead you astray and lead you down a major uh, erroneous path 
that could derail your Christianity. Now you say, well, pastor, how can we tell whether it, it is or isn't? How can we tell if a subtle form of heresy is being introduced? Well, first of all, of course, the obvious thing is in order to know the fake, you need to study the original. Are you tracking with me? You don't need to become an expert in cult and false teachings. You need to become an expert in the truth. You need to know your Bible. You need to know the Word. You need to understand the basics of Christianity so that when you come up with something that's false, you can easily identify it as false because you know Scripture. If you don't know the truth, then you can easily be dissuaded by that which is false. So you need to become a student of the Word of God, a student of Scripture. Now, where do these heresies typically introduce themselves? Well, there's two areas that typically these heresies can be identified and introduce themselves. The, most of the heresies that I see or the false teachings that I see revolve around the person of Jesus and our way to salvation. So let's start for, for a minute with the person of Jesus. Uh, there's a lot of teachings there about Jesus that are, are false or devious or look right but are wrong. For example, you can ask someone, hey, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And there's a lot of people that will say, of course I do. Sure, I believe in Jesus. But what they mean by believing in Jesus may be different than what you mean by believing in Jesus. For example, there's a lot of groups out there that believe that Jesus was a good teacher, a good rabbi, a good model, and a good example. And when you say, do you believe in Jesus? They say, sure, I believe in Jesus. But that's what they mean. And that's where they stop. As a good example, a good rabbi, some groups out there believe that Jesus was a good prophet. And so when you say, do you believe in Jesus? They say, sure, I believe in Jesus was a good prophet, and Baha'i was a good prophet, and, and this guy, and Krishna was a good prophet. Yeah, I believe in Jesus, but that's not what the Bible says. Let's get this clear about Jesus. Orthodox historical Christianity holds to the tenet that Jesus is the Son of God. But not merely, simply the Son of God. When we say Son of God, we need to understand that we're talking that Jesus is the second person of the Godhead. But if you study Scripture, you'll realize that the Bible teaches that Jesus Christ is the second person of the Godhead, has always existed in the form of God, and has never been created as, a, as, as the Son but has always existed with the Father. In other words, Jesus is not a created being. He is a eternally existent God with the Father. Uh, John chapter one says, in the beginning was the Logos, or the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it goes on and it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father. Who's it talking about? Jesus Christ. What's it saying about Jesus? That Jesus has always existed. He has always been God. And he also is the Son of God. There is no time in history that Jesus has never been God. When he came down to this uh, earth and existed as a human being, he never emptied himself of his deity. He became fully man while existing as fully God in a sinless existence. 
That, my friends, is crucial to historical Christianity. If someone is teaching any other facts than that about the person of Jesus, you are buying into a gospel that's not the biblical gospel about the person of Jesus. You say, well, why, that, why is that so important to understand? Because salvation revolves around the person of Jesus, and you can't put your trust in a Savior that you do not understand. Which leads to the second area where a lot of confusion happens, and it's about how salvation occurs, and there's a lot of heresy around salvation. The idea that somehow your good works are going to give you a foot into the kingdom of heaven and make you righteous before God, that is a lie from the pit. You say, okay, well, I always believe that. Now you're scaring me. So how does it work? Well, here's how it works. Let's just imagine for a minute that you're a very, very good individual. And that throughout the course of a normal day, let's say you're so good, you only sin about three times. Okay? That means that you only... Three times a day, do you have a bad thought? Do you let any cuss word come out of your mouth? Do you have a bad attitude? Do you bend the truth? Uh, let your eyes wander, lust, whatever. Three times a day. Now, you have to be almost a cousin to Mother Teresa, really, to operate that way three times a day. So the course of, of, a, normal, of, of a normal year, uh, 365 days a year, three sins a day, you'd average about a thousand sins a year, right? You track with me? About a thousand sins a year. Let's say that you're 32 years old, so if we average an exceptionally good person, by the time that you die at the age of 32, you basically have about 32,000 sins if you're almost a cousin to Mother Teresa, and you're going to stand before God and say, God... I have been so good. Now, I've tried to do a lot of good works, 32,000 good works to off-balance the 32,000 sins that I had. Now, God, I think that gives me a good foothold into heaven. Here's the thing. God's standard to make it into his presence is this. Are you ready? Perfection. The Bible says, be holy as your heavenly Father is holy. You will not have one sin that will be able to come into the presence of God unaccounted for. That means that if you lived your entire life almost sinless, and then one day had a bad year and committed one sin, then when you came before God, even though you had lived almost a saintly life, that one sin would keep you from the presence of God. Do you understand that? Do you understand how our good works cannot make us right before God? In fact, the Bible says that all our good works are like filthy rags before God, it tells us in Romans. That no matter how good we try to be right before God, that our righteousness looks like filthy rags before God, and that our sin will condemn us and if we were to put a scale, it would really look like this. If we were to go before God, and these are our bad works, and these are our good works, it's going to look like this. You say, well, pastor, then who in the world is going to make it? I mean, glory's going to be pretty empty. Well, that's exactly the point. 
The point, if, if, if your good works could make you right enough to be before God, then Jesus Christ would have never come. You see, our good works are not good enough to make us right before God. Therefore, if you're counting on your good works to try to make it into heaven, you're counting on the wrong thing. The only thing that is able to make you righteous to come before the presence of God is the sacrifice and the blood of Jesus Christ because it's his death on the cross of the only begotten Son of God, all God, all man, dying on the cross. When that blood is applied to your life, it cleanses you from all the past, present, and future sins. And therefore, the righteousness that you stand before God in is not your righteousness. It's the righteousness of Christ because he has cleansed you. It's the only way to God. God's standard is perfection, and it's only through Christ that we are able to stand before God clean and right with Him. That's Mark Job closing out today's Moody Presents message in a big way, defining the only pathway to God. Thanks for listening today. You know, you can catch up on any of our messages at the website moodypresents.org. That's moodypresents.org. Have you ever wondered why those who are so blatantly against God seem to be doing just fine, thank you very much. In fact, in many cases, they seem to excel in their efforts. And then there's you, trying to do life God's way, but you're struggling to just get by. Well, Pastor Mark addresses this very struggle next week as our series continues, Bullseye Living, Staying on Target with God. I hope you'll be back then at the same time for more Moody Presents. I'm John Gager. Moody Presents is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.